Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Inane Podcast. I hope all of you had a great New Year's Eve and day. 2020 suck balls. And just because we're in January, it's not a magic bullet, all right? But I know that none of us are going to be writing the wrong year on the checks this month. <laughs> uh, this doesn't get changed overnight, but uh, I think just the fact that we have that behind us, is uh, it's in the plus column. Thanks to all of you who have subscribed to the podcast, both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And thanks uh, to all of you who are following the podcast on Twitter, at The Inane Podcast, and for all the positive comments and the crazy good feedback. Just as I did with My Life as a Foodie, I'm doing my best to keep this on the down low until I get my feet firmly planted. Uh, most of you probably don't know this, but when I started that podcast, I had zero confidence. I thought it sucked, and I didn't think anyone would want to listen to it. And I was elated when people started following, commenting on episodes, uh, giving iTunes reviews, tweeting about it. I'm not much of an egoist. You know, I tend to downplay pretty much everything I do, but that was absolutely one of the greatest feelings. And to this day, every one of my listeners from that show, the lifers, as Joshua has named us, we remain united like a big food family. And I hope I can get to that point here with this. So I appreciate anybody who listens to even 10 minutes of, you know, my nonsense. They're going to ratify the electoral votes today. And that's going to be a circus. I just hope that my show today will give you a bit of a break from that. That God knows how that's going to turn out. And I'm really happy to have the entire news blitz behind me. My therapist told me that I had to cut it out. No more news. I can read the news in the morning, articles, whatever, 30 minutes. And then one more time later in the day, just headlines in the afternoon around dinner time. No more news channels, no CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, verboten. And my Twitter feed is down to just fun stuff, sports, outdoors, cycling, um, one or two newspapers that I follow. It's been about a month. Man, I feel better. My anxiety level's down. I'm not sad all the time. And my hands were shaking. You know, I had anxiety bad. You know, so now I, I know what's going on now, but I'm not running around reading all these rumors. I know COVID still sucks. We're running out of ICU beds here in California. But the vaccine's coming hard and fast. And uh, I have hope. I know enough, but... Not so much that it keeps me up at night. It got really bad for me, man. And I know I'm not alone. I'll watch the inauguration, obviously, because that's history. I never miss that. I told everyone, look, after the election's over, I'm done. I meant it, and I feel really good about it. So, lots of great football last weekend. Oh, man, I was in heaven. Five straight days of just nonstop football. And look, I'm probably going to fill about 10 minutes with football here. So, if you're not into football... Maybe fast forward a few minutes and get to the other stuff that I'm going to talk about. But first off, shout out to my friend Dave Roast. Is it Roast or Rost? Dave? Uh, his Iowa Hawkeyes couldn't play their bowl game against Missouri because the players on the Tiger squad couldn't follow the rules and keep it in their pants. So it got canceled. The Hawkeyes were 6-2, and two, had a great squad, great play calling all year. Deserved much better than the Music City Bowl to begin with. And I'm sure everyone's happy. Look, we got to play games. We got to have a season. 
But if you're a college football fan, especially if you're alumni of a school, you want to see your team in a bowl. And my Huskers, they've been denied a bowl for longer than I care to remember. And we don't deserve one. I'm not complaining. But I'm always happy for everyone whose school does really well. And I felt horrible for Dave because I knew it meant a lot to him. And I feel horrible for my buddy Jason, too, USC alumni. Trojans said no thanks to a bowl. They could easily have played one. I respected the decision, but I feel bad for the fans. But that is 2020 in a nutshell, right? I think we'll be happier than pigs and shit next winter, though. Trust me on that. All right, so we have Alabama and Ohio State for the College Football National Championship next Monday. Uh, Alabama, man, holy crap. They've been in this championship game more than anyone in the last 10 years. If you're not a fan of Bama, this is getting old. You know, they didn't just beat Notre Dame on New Year's Day. They annihilated them. It was never close. And Clemson, they kind of laid an egg against that Buckeyes defense. They were dominating. There was one play that changed that game. And when it happened, I had a bit of a problem with it. Early in the game, Justin Fields, Ohio State's quarterback, he pulled a little play-action move, had nowhere to go you know, with the ball, so he decided to run it up the middle. And Clemson's top linebacker, James Skalski, he moves in to take him out with a shoulder. At least I'm sure that's what he meant to do, which is debatable. Fields does this little spin move, and instead of catching Skalski's shoulder, takes his helmet right to his side, in his ribs. Folded like a deck of cards, Skalski was penalized for targeting and then ejected from the game. This was the second time he'd been ejected from this game. He did the same thing last year, so this wasn't his first rodeo. You can't lead with your helmet, even though it's debatable whether or not he was trying to do that. Had Fields not spun around, he may have caught his shoulder instead. But I have a friend who coaches high school football, and I asked him about it. He said, anytime you hit someone with your head parallel to the ground, you run the risk of a spinal injury. So that penalty and the ejection was more for his own safety than anyone else. Head up, face first, tackle with your arms and shoulders. Anyway, from there, Fields put on a stellar performance, irregardless, 22 of 28 passing, 385 yards in the air, six touchdowns, one pick, quarterback rating of 257. That's amazing. That's the kind of game that, you know, raises your stock in the draft. Trevor Lawrence had a decent game, too. 400 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. That Ohio State defense smothered him, sacked him twice, rushed him all game. Everything was hurried. More corner blitzes than I've ever seen in a game. Everyone was bitching and moaning that a six-win team was going to be in the playoff picture. But the Buckeyes ended the argument. Do I think they have a chance against Alabama? No. But it's going to be a great game. Then again, I can't pick college football games. (laughs) Who knows? But I've never seen Lawrence that dejected on the sideline. This was it for him. He's expected to be number one pick in the draft, headed to Jacksonville. But that defense made it look like he might be headed to the Jets. You know, I I think if they expanded this playoff to six teams, it would be perfect. You give the top two teams, the number one, number two team, an extra week off. All right. Then they play the remaining two games a week later. Then you have the playoff. This not only will shut everyone up about not being given a chance, especially when one loss teams get left out, but it would bring some of the bowl games that we traditionally had on New Year's Day back to New Year's Day. Remember back then 
the day was loaded with games. We have like eight games that day. Now we have four. To make up for the extra week, what you do is you eliminate the soft teams from your schedule on week one, which no one likes anyway. I mean, who's getting up for a, a matchup between Alabama and South Dakota State? Fuck that softball shit. Start your schedule in conference, get busy, play strong football all year, make every game competitive, make them all count. The NFL playoffs are also set. Kansas City, Green Bay, they both get a first round bye. They have the best records in the AFC, NFC. Wild card weekend starts on Saturday. Colts visit the Bills. Rams return to Seattle. Seattle's my sleeper team, but they're starting to scare me a little bit. Tom Brady and the Bucks uh, visit Washington, which won the NFL least division. Washington, man, they, they could be dangerous. Despite they, they have a losing record, they're still a good team. I wouldn't take them lightly. But Brady, he's the GOAT for a reason. He'll find a way to win that game. On Sunday, we have Baltimore at Tennessee, Bears at Saints, and the Browns visiting Pittsburgh for a rematch of last Sunday's uh, season finale. I'm happy for the city of Cleveland to finally be back in the playoffs. 18 years. I love that city. I love the people there. And I think they've actually got a chance to beat them again. But you got to remember, when the Browns made it to the playoffs, finally, the Steelers were the team that knocked them out of the first round. So I wouldn't get my hopes up. But I think of all the games, they all look great on paper. It wouldn't surprise me to see a couple of those games go into overtime. But my heart goes out to the Dolphins fans, man. God, they had a fantastic year. Came up a bit short. COVID took out Fitzmagic. Well, I have to say, this guy is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Fitzpatrick, you forget about him until he breaks your heart. Now, maybe next year. You know, people complain that professional athletes are paid too much money. And I agree. It's a little gross. Right? Some of these guys are making $20 million a year more sometimes. But let me put this into perspective for these people, especially when it comes to football. Imagine this. I'm going to offer you a job doing something that you love to do. All right? It's going to require that you work your ass off pretty much every day. You're going to be exhausted a lot. One day a week on game day, I'm going to ask you to give me 100% effort. Do the absolute best you can. Try as hard as you possibly can on every play. There's one catch. There's a good chance that on this day, you're basically going to be hit by a car four or five times. And you're expected to get right up and get back with your teammates as quickly as possible because we're going to run another play in about 30 seconds. Sometimes this collision is going to result in an injury that might take you out for the year. Torn knee ligaments, collapsed lung, broken bones, stuff like that. Most of the time, we'll have a couple guys help you off the field. But maybe once in your playing career, you're more than likely going to get hit so hard that we're going to have to have a stretcher carry you off the field. Now, if this happens in a friendly town, basically anywhere outside of Philadelphia, some fans are going to cheer for you. But if we do happen to be playing in the town of brotherly love, fans are probably going to cheer that you got taken out and throw all kinds of shit at you. Beer, nachos, trash, you name it. Because, um, well, you know, brotherly love. After you finish your playing career, or you hold a press conference, and you cry on camera because you have to say goodbye to the game that you love, you're not quite out of the woods. There's a good chance that as you get older, you're going to have a lot of unexplained headaches. 
you're going to suffer from depression, maybe some other mental issues. If you're one of the unlucky ones, you'll eventually exit stage left at a young age. It's not uncommon. We call it CTE. You can look it up. Take all that in, all right? Then answer this question. How much is that job worth to you? That's why football players get paid so much. Now, you might make $20 million this year. But there's always an opportunity that you may get so badly injured next year, you'll never play another snap in your life. Also, look, I don't want anyone to think that I don't like the city or the people of Philadelphia. I love them. But if you know anything about the past exploits of Eagles fans, you get the joke. In the late 90s, uh, Cowboys uh, Hall of Fame receiver Michael Irvin, he got hit on a play and suffered a spinal cord injury while they were playing the Eagles in Philadelphia. The fans cheered, not for him, out of respect. No, they cheered that he got injured so badly that he had to be carried out on a stretcher. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that was the last time he played. It ended his career. I don't think he played again after that. Look it up, I guess. They also booed Santa Claus once in the 60s. They pelted him with snowballs. Who the hell boos and throws snowballs at Santa Claus? You drunk-ass bitches. Man, I heard a great joke the other day. The hairstylist who gave uh, Kim Jong-un his haircut. You've seen it, right? After he spun him around in the chair with a mirror to show him his new haircut, how fast do you think they shot that stylist out of a cannon? Any of you uh, try this Beyond Meat, the plant-based meat? They use it in the Impossible Whopper, and Del Taco uses it in their Impossible Del Beef Burrito, whatever they call that. I've had both now, and I gotta tell you, you'd be hard-pressed to tell the difference. It, it tastes like beef. It's more expensive, obviously, but man, if they manage to get the cost down on making this stuff, it can make a huge difference. I know our reliance on animals for protein has become kind of a bone of contention. Uh, so I admire the work that they're doing with this. And you can buy it at the grocery store now, and you can make this stuff at home. Like I said, it's expensive. It's, I think it's like six bucks for two large patties. But my brother told me you can buy some of this stuff in bulk and make it at home for a lot cheaper. Plant-based fake meat, it's been around for years, and it sucks. Make one of those for someone who has an actual palate, right? one of these fake patties, they're going to spit it out. The texture's all messed up. It tastes like cardboard dipped in hummus. But these new plant-based uh, Beyond Meat burgers, that's a masterpiece. That could be the future, I'm telling you. You know, I've been married twice, and both times my wives had no problem with me acting like an idiot sometimes. In fact, they loved it. And you know how rare it is to be with somebody who's so comfortable with you and who you are that they allow you to continue act like a moron when you feel like it. And not only that, sometimes encourage you to say stupid shit. If you're married to somebody who allows you to be yourself, and they might break your balls sometimes, but you break their balls back. You're so lucky, you know? When I die, I'll go to the grave, or whatever slum ghetto my ashes end up in, I'll be very content that for at least those points in my life, I was allowed to be myself and act silly whenever I felt like it, and got encouragement. I'm not saying I'm an idiot, but I love to act like one sometimes. Although I'm not sure. There's probably a lot of people out there who aren't convinced that I'm not an idiot. And I'm okay with that too. Seriously, give a damn. 
So, look, I got a lot of suggestions for material for the show, which I love. I love the fact that, you know, everyone wants to throw in ideas and there's so many, uh, it becomes more of a community. And the fact that there are no constraints on this show and we can pretty much talk about anything, it's liberating now, right? To hear all the different ideas that people might have. Some were shit, as some were not. My buddy Mark had a great one. It's a segment called What If? Here's how it works. I ask a question, something like, what if no one ever thought to crack a chicken egg and cook it to see how it tastes? We'd have no omelets. Breakfast would be so much different than it is now. Most baked goods wouldn't exist or wouldn't taste the same anyway. There'd be no ice cream. We'd have ice milk, but not ice cream. I like going a little darker on this because you know me, I'm fucked up. What if Michael Jackson's father hadn't been such a punk-ass bitch to his kids. Chances are strong, because these kids had talent, the Jackson 5 still would have been outstanding. Michael Jackson still would have gone on to make incredible music. But he more than likely would not have turned his face into a jigsaw puzzle, bleached his skin, talked like his sister Janet, bought a compound in Santa Barbara, wherever it was, that he turned into an amusement park with an angry monkey and a special room where he molested children. Also, he most likely would not have slept in a barometric chamber and had to take dangerous drugs to get to sleep because he was riddled with guilt from all the child molestation he'd done. I think he'd still be with us, and he'd still be making great music. Men, listen. Your wife carries your kid for nine months. It destroys her body, changes her body chemistry. She gains all kind of weight. Her tits take a beating. Then she's got to go through hours of hard labor to deliver the kid. It's a lot of work. You, as the father, you have one job. Don't fuck them up. It's not that hard. Just be present. Be there for those kids. Support them. Be their mentor. Be their hero. Don't abandon them. Don't abuse them. Joe Jackson was a piece of shit. And I'm sorry for any Joe Jackson fans out there. You know, people were comparing Richard Williams, Venus and Serena Williams' dad, to Joe Jackson. For years, this went on. All kinds of horrible stories. Rumor mill. He was beating them up. He was abusing them. Bullshit. He wanted those girls to be the best in tennis. He wanted them to take what Althea Gibson and Ora Washington started. They were two, you know, very uh, talented black female tennis players. And they did that. They made history because of the work the love, the support of their father. That's a good dad. Did he use tough love techniques? Of course. It's part of fatherhood, tough love. But he was no Joe Jackson. He didn't fuck those girls up. They're successful. Wonderful. They went on to do crazy good things on the court, then off the court. You can't compare the two. When Michael Jackson died, I'm sure there were a lot of people out there who wondered how things would have turned out had his father not been such a cocksucker to his kids. So yeah, what if? I'm rolling with this one. I'm going to feature it for a while until you guys get sick of it. And if you want to think differently about me because I'm in therapy, look, go for it, all right? I'll tell you something. You're probably fucked up a little too, and you could use it. Get a good one, and he or she will unlock your brain enough to see the mountain of shit that you've been storing inside of it, then help you deal with it. Mental health is a real issue in this country. No one wants to talk about it. I'm not crazy. 
You don't have to be a crazy person to go to therapy. I have issues. If you don't believe me, rewind the podcast, listen again. But you might have some unresolved issues, most likely. Spend a few hundred dollars, dump the baggage. You'll be happier in the long run. I wonder if Michael Jackson ever did therapy. <laughs> Could you imagine being in one of those conversations? Jesus Christ. I mean, everyone's got some baggage, but well, that poor bastard probably had enough to fill the belly of a 747. If there was ever someone who would need a team of therapists the size of the Seahawks organization, it's that kid. They served a search warrant on me, which allowed them to view and photograph my body, including my penis, my buttocks, my lower torso, thighs, and any other error that they wanted. <laughs> dude, dude, just for kicks, can you imagine what those photos look like? <laughs> I'm sick of shit upstairs, seriously. My sense of humor can get pretty dark. But what did that look like? <laughs> Aren't you curious? A fucking circus penis? What if he gave his ass a facelift? Oh, that audio is really old. It's old news, man. But I mean, every time I listen to it, I can't get tired of listening to it. This guy had more money than God. He found new ways to spend it. Motherfucker built an amusement park on his property with giraffes and monkeys and shit. You know he had to have done some reconstructive surgery pretty much everywhere on his body. Oh, okay, I'll stop. I could do an hour on this. It's so far in the past. It's, it's irrelevant now. Anyway, I'll reiterate, don't be a shit father. Don't Joe Jackson your kids. Oh, it was a good laugh. You know, I like to enjoy some really simple pleasures in life. And one of them is going to Home Depot. Maybe I need a, a piece of pipe or some connectors, a, a few deck screws to fix my fence. Doesn't matter. It's an event for me. But I enhance my trips to Home Depot a little bit. I keep this song on my playlist on my phone. And as I'm walking toward the entrance... I put my mask on, slip my AirPods into my ears, grab my phone, enter the store. Then I hit play. Immediately, you smell pine wood. I always head right toward the lumber section first, even if I don't need wood. I stand there for a few seconds, take it all in. Oh yeah. And I'm telling you, your balls will drop two inches if you do this. It's one of my greatest pleasures in life right now. It's awesome. Hey, this story caught my eye last week. Florida fishermen find 74 pounds of cocaine floating off Florida Keys. Florida authorities recovered more than 74 pounds of cocaine floating in the waters off the Florida Keys ahead of Christmas. A local fisherman reported the discovery to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office on Wednesday afternoon. The sheriffs turned the cocaine over to the U.S. Border Patrol because they were found in federal waters. The estimated street value of the drugs is around $850,000. Drugs regularly wash ashore around Florida, with nearly 150 pounds of marijuana found near Key West in August and September. Last year, around 33 pounds of cocaine were found along Palm Coast. Hey, look, if you ever watch these commercial fishing shows, you see the kind of guys who work on these boats. All right, these guys have been through it. This is like almost like a work, like a, a prison release program. I mean, come on. You know they found a shit ton more than 74 pounds of coke. 
It went down like this. Hey, Captain, we found 100 pounds of cocaine floating in the water. So they returned to shore. They called the sheriff's office. We found 80 pounds of cocaine floating in the water. Then the sheriff's office calls the Border Patrol. We're in possession of 74 pounds of cocaine found floating off the coast. <laughs> Don't even try doing the argue man thing with me on this either. You know how this works. Still, that's a lot of coke. I bet those guys in that boat fished 72 straight hours after they found it. <laughs> you talk about an episode of Dangerous Catch. Imagine the thrill that, that you found that much cocaine. Then you bring it on your boat. Then the fear sets in. You imagine the guys that were carrying it are rolling through the ocean right now looking for it. And they're going to stop every boat out there. And if they find you and their coke on your boat, everybody's getting a Columbia necktie for Christmas. Yeah, they don't fuck around. Okay, so that's the show for this week. Let's pray that today goes well at the Electoral College certification. No riots, nothing horrible. I had enough of that. I think we've all had enough of that. Also, I didn't want to fail to mention this. If you care about the coffee that you drink and you enjoy drinking really good gourmet roasts, you will not find many better than those from Elevated Roast uh, out of Bainbridge Island in Washington, just outside of Seattle. My brother is an incredible roaster. He uses a patented air roasting process that never burns the beans. And when you order from his website, elevatedroast.com, each bag that you order is roasted to order to your specifications and shipped immediately. And most of the bags of coffee that you see for sale, no matter where they're from, no matter how great the roast might be, those are sometimes up to a month old or more sometimes. And those beans are stale. Drink fresh roast You'll never want to drink anything else again. It's not that expensive either. I'll have him on at some point to talk coffee, but I wanted to mention Elevated because I'm a coffee junkie and I know there are a lot of you out there too. Hey, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Follow the show on Twitter at The Inane Podcast. And as always, you can listen to the show directly from the website, philnagash.com forward slash inane. Thanks for your support. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next time. Peace out.